Cupping Irony Podcast Episode 2. My name is Tim, and with me is Russ. Hello, I'm Russ. And Andrew. Hey! (laughs) So this episode, we are going to talk about our 2015 um, favorites in in music and movies and television. Um, And so it's still January, so legally we're still allowed to talk about recaps of 2015, and beyond that, uh, I don't think it's legal to, to talk about 2015 <laughs> yeah. anymore. There's some law somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That, that FCC, man. That FCC. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to get right into it, um, and uh, we're going to start with, with Russ. He's going to bring his uh, 2015 favorites in movies. Movies of 2015, there were a lot of really good ones, I thought. Um, I'm not going to talk about Star Wars because we just talked about it. <laughs> I'm also not going to talk about um, like the Hateful Eight or the Revenant, even though they technically came out in 2015. They came They're out Oscar eligible just to be Oscar eligible. <laughs> so we'll talk about those later some other time. But all right, I'm going to give you my top five movie likes, um, and then some honorable mentions, and then some I were a little disappointed in. So number five is The Walk. Mm. Um, this is a, a dramatization of the uh, two th- or 1974 stunt that uh, Philippe Petit uh, did where he walked across the World Trade Centers. It was done as a 2008 documentary called Man on Wire, which is one of my favorite documentaries ever. Um, this is a dramatization of it, which is really well done with um, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing the main character and doing a really spot-on um, impression or whatever, you know, acting of, of him. <clears throat> and this is a movie that... I usually don't care if I see a movie in 3D, but this one's one you need to see in 3D. IMAX 3D. IMAX 3D even, because you're right up there on the wire, um, looking down, you know, and everything, and you get the sense of, of height, and and it's it's really great. It's a heist movie, because they have to break into the World Trade Centers, and so it's got everything that I love in a movie, heist stuff, action, suspense, even though I, I knew how it was going to end up, I was still all tense, you know, on the on the edge of my seat while he's walking out on that wire. So Oh man. I, really I, good movie. And I saw it I saw it in IMAX three D and I'm not a big heights person and I really kind of got like really antsy right in my seat during some of those scenes, which I can't believe that he actually really did that because I have not seen the documentary Man on Wire, even though I had it for like four right. months from <laughs> I had the D V D from you for four months. I never watched it. You gotta watch it. Um but yeah, I, I, I kind of felt almost like nauseous just watching him do all these things. Yep. And, and I felt like, I, you know, the, the it was so well done that you really felt, oh my gosh, that's that's way up there. <laughs> Did you get a chance to see it, Andrew? I haven't. Um, and now that I can't see it in IMAX 3D, I'm just going to sit really close to my TV. Yeah, I think I think it'll even, it'll hold up even if you're not yeah. seeing it in 3D. But uh, Oh, the TV is 3D, so I just have to sit really oh, close. Oh, all right. <laughs> so it'll be like IMAX. <laughs> Awesome. All right, my number four is Inside Out, hmm. which is the latest Pixar movie. And is it or is it the no, Good Dinosaur? Good Dinosaur, Dinosaur came out. Came out yeah. after All right, that. I haven't seen the Good Dinosaur. It's anyway. a far superior Pixar. Yes, movie. Inside Out, which which is a great a great film um, about your emotions and how. And I thought they did a great job of, of uh, bringing out how emotions, you know, actually work and everything. And um, heartwarming, just as every Pixar movie is. It's about you know an eleven year old. Midwestern girl who has to move to San Francisco and her world is ruined and all the turmoil and all that stuff. But it's just really, really well done and uh, my entire family loved it. So can't say say too much good about it. It's just it's just a fun movie. Number three was The Martian, mm. which is a great adventure film where again we have to rescue Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how many millions and millions of dollars have been... Someone calculated I that. Like, it was billions. <laughs> it's billions of dollars to rescue Matt Damon. He keeps getting into things. <laughs> but uh, I really like this film um, because it redeemed Ridley Scott in my eyes. Um, Prometheus did was not a good movie. No, no, no. And, uh, good it looks movie. great. I did not like that at all. It's a good looking movie. It's a good looking movie. That's true. But... And I have a couple of good scenes also. <laughs> yes. All in all, it was but all in bad. All. So, um, but The Martian is, during a manned mission to Mars, astronaut Mark Watney is presumed dead after, after a storm happens, but of course he's not dead, and, and uh, then they have, well, he has to survive because he doesn't know when they're going to be able to come back and get him. 
but uh, just all this, all the cinematography is great. It's uh, it's funny. It, it won best comedy at the Golden Globes, right? So <laughs> yeah, uh, hilarious. Yeah, I don't think it's hilarious, but I think it's. Yeah, it's, it's not a, a comedy, it's, but it's, it's, a, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. It's a great, with, with bits of comedy in it. So Those scenes with Jeff Daniels, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, great movie. Um, my number two is Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fantastic just chase scene. I mean, it's it's Mad Max rebooted, I guess. Um, Imperiosa, or Imperiosa. Imperior, Imperator Furiosa, <laughs> I can talk. Imperator Furiosa, Charlie's Throne. It's it's ba- I mean it's yeah it's Mad Max, but it's her movie. So a great female character, strong female character. Um, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, all right, I'm bringing my kids to this because you know they love action movies and and you know anytime I can show my daughter a strong female character in a movie is is good. So. I'm surprised she didn't immediately go out and shave her head. And yeah. <laughs> and chop off her arm. And chop off her arm. <laughs> well, if she could get a cool mechanical arm, you know. Yeah, she like, could sew an arm. So, I would say that this is, this is probably the most fun I had at the movies this year. Um, and I can't wait to see it again. We, I just got it on Blu-ray and, you nice. know, going have to have to watch it again. Yeah. All right. It was, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty um, not breathtaking, but it was just like... I was exhausted after watching yeah. that movie because it was just like yeah, it's intense. Non- it's intense. intense and non-stop it's a, action. It's a two-hour action scene. And it's and one of the things I really liked about it was, I mean, yeah, they used CGI to clean up stuff, but for the most part, it was all practical stunts and just you feel like you're right there and and it's it's by the you know by the director George Miller who did the original so. Yeah, and it's mostly live sc- scored by a guy like on a guitar, like playing a flaming guitar, like That's, while yeah. driving. <laughs> right. So it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I forget what that guy's name was, but <laughs> he's the coolest. He is the coolest. My guitar doesn't spit fire. <laughs> All right, and my number one is a movie I saw a week ago, Ex Machina. Yeah. Oh, okay. I had not seen it, and it's low budget. I mean, not low budget. Small budget. Small set, small everything, but so intense and and uh, just a great story. Um, so Caleb Smith is a programmer at an internet company, and he wins a contest to go spend a weekend or week at with the you know the boss, the big guy who who does everything, who's played by Oscar Isaac, Poe Dameron. Yeah. <laughs> but and he's what, with Space Hitler. That's right. He's with Space <laughs> Hitler. <laughs> So when he when he arrives, he learns that he's going to be the human component of a Turing test, Turing test to determine whether this uh, robot can pass as a human, or you know, be fooled as or fool a uh, a human into thinking that she's a sentient being and all this stuff. And things ensue from there. I'm not going to say much more because it's such a great movie, and it and it's better if you don't know anything about it. But it's just really well scripted and, and acted and everything. And this is what i got to show the rest of my family because, you know, there's some nudity in it, but it's robot nudity. So that yeah, they're not count. real people. They're not real people, <laughs> so it doesn't count anyway. <laughs> but it's really, really uh, an, a gripping story and, and caught me from moment one. So yeah. it's really good. Absolutely. That was, yeah. a great, that was a great set. That house, yeah, I'd yeah. love to live in that. Yeah, and for the, for the record, you said it was you know low budget, but it doesn't look low budget. No, like, no, 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 it has yeah, some no, of the no. best CG like I yeah, think, yeah. Oh, of the absolutely. year. Absolutely. Like I mean, yeah. it's seamless. Though, though, you know, the place they shot it is gorgeous, and like this robot lady, like where you can like see into like the machine and stuff. Yeah, looks it's amazing. I never for a second didn't think it was real. Right, right. like right. it's amazing. Yeah. Um, no, I totally agree. Your top two movies are my top two movies also. Okay, awesome. Like, <laughs> Mad Max and Ex Machina. Like, I love Star Wars a lot, but I've never seen anything like Mad Max, Fury Road, and right. Ex Machina. Right. And <laughs> I've seen other Star Wars movies that were kind of like that Star yep. Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. So, some of my honorable mentions were Avengers Age of Ultron. I mean, it did what it was supposed to do. Wowed me. Spectre. You know, oh, James Bond. Hey. Right. You gotta love it. Ant-Man. It was another good Marvel fil- flick, um, just a lot of fun, and actually the second best exotic Marigold Hotel. Really? Hmm. I hadn't, we hadn't seen the, we saw this, Carl and I saw this, before we saw the first one, and ah, it was like, whoa. oh, this is kind of fun, let's go see the first one now, so I just, I just enjoyed it, so. 
Because you right. already knew everyone that died. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, people die? What? <laughs> All right, so quickly down my movie disappointments. And some of these might surprise you guys. I don't know. My number five movie disappointment is Jurassic World. Mm, really? It, it, it was about what I expected it to be, and I was, but I was hoping it would be so much more. And it just... I don't know, the CGI just felt CGI to me, so I wasn't really in the movie. I enjoyed it while I was there, but it's not a movie I want to see again. So, and this coming from a guy who's seen Jurassic Park, like, you know, 50 times or something like that, so... Wow, that was surprising. Mm-hmm. Was, was Bryce, Dallas, ha- Bryce Dallas Howard's uh, running around in pumps that ruined it for you? Yes, that, that, was, that, was, that was where it pushed me over the edge. <laughs> no, I, and I can't, I can't articulate exactly why it just didn't hit me. Mm. You know, but I enjoyed it while I was in the theater, but it's not one I want to see again. So, so I, and all these disappointments, there was something at least I enjoyed about them, but, you know. So you didn't see Fantastic Four then? I did not. <laughs> no. There were some that I, I knew, seeing the trailer, I'm not going to watch it at all. So so my number four disappointment was Everest. I okay. liked, I liked, um, I thought the movie did a great job of keeping the characters straight when they're on the mountain. Because, you know, everybody's bundled up, looking basically the same, but they did a good job of, of, of keeping... I, I knew who everybody was, and I thought it looked beautiful, and I just didn't think it felt as big as it should have felt, um, because you're on Everest, the biggest mountain in the world. and It's about the 1980... 1996. Or 96 expedition where... Or climbing season where... I forget how many people died. But, 16 or 17. Yeah, 16 or 17 people died. So, um, and, and I am so, I know the story so well because I've read Into Thin Air. I've read the books by the other guys who were there and all this stuff. And so I don't know. I'm, again, I'm not sure exactly why it didn't just get me um, as much as I wanted it to. So that's really why it was a disappointment. Well, I, I just, I just um, finished reading Into Thin Air mm-hmm. again. Um, because my son was reading it in high school and I wanted to read it again because it was a really good book when I first read it. The only thing about it, I saw Everest also, and I, the thing I did like about it is is when you're reading the book and he talks about certain, you know, passes and, and, um, and certain places that, you know, like... Like the Hillary Step. Yeah, the, and the, the South Coal. And, and, and you're like, okay, you're reading about that, but you really... Yeah. But to be able to see that was kind of cool, and I think they did a pretty good job because they really yeah. weren't filming on Everest. And um, and so I liked okay seeing a little bit more now I can see what they're what they're talking about, um, and uh, and so that's that's one thing I did like about. It. I thought my only thing was like, why now? You know, it's, like it's, right, it's yeah. talking about a 1996 disaster almost 20 years later, and there's been TV movies and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, why did they why did they come out now? Like, what was the big sell? I don't think it made that much money because of it was kind of like. Where's the relevancy of this right, movie? Right, you know, right. I mean, they got this cool filmmaking now, but it's like, all right, we've already kind of seen yeah. that done there. And it's not a bad film. It's, no, it's, it's not a bad film. It's a good mm-hmm. film, but it just didn't grab me like I wanted yeah. it to. So, <laughs> all right, number three is Terminator Genesis. <laughs> I wanted more from this, um, but I should have known just going in that the coolest part would be old Arnold fighting young Arnold, that was in the. In the trailer, and should have left it at that. <laughs> I think everything was in the trailer for that movie, right? I think pretty much, yeah. yeah you kind of knew the whole story. I had not even seen that because of I was so disappointed in the trailer. Well, the, the succession of trailers. Like, when they right. when they, when they ruined the movie, it was spoiled it by saying that John Connor was a was a Terminator robot. I'm like, right. well, it's ruined now for yeah. you. Like, why do I need to go see yeah. this movie now? They like That would would have been like the major spoiler that you're like, oh, you're seeing it, you're like, oh my gosh, they, right, they actually right. did that. But then they're like, oh yeah, we showed that in the trailer. It's like, well, then why do I need to see this movie then? So yeah, I yeah. still have, to this day, have not seen it. I haven't seen it either. I sort of forgot that it came out. Like, yeah, it came it, out, it, and then no one ever talked about it again. I felt like. Right. Yeah. Went to see it. Was hoping for fun. Like, it's on yeah. the list of all people's most disappointing movies of 2015 There you go. Now. Yeah. <laughs> on my list. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and that is the official list. That's right. <laughs> All right, my number two disappointment is Crimson Peak by Guillermo del Toro, a, a director I love, um, but his last few movies, not so much. Um, I, I didn't like uh, Pacific Rim that much. What? I love that movie. Yeah, Pacific Rim was a lot of fun. <laughs> it is a lot of fun, but I wanted, I wanted more. We could talk about Pacific Rim some other time. Anyway... <laughs> 
But Crimson Peak, I thought it was all style, no substance. Um, I saw the twist coming way early. Oh, sorry, there's a twist ending. Uh, <laughs> and and it just, you know, it was it's a gothic horror, sort of, and just didn't didn't grab me or Carla as much as we wanted it to. Um, Carla we, being your wife. Carla being my wife. He knows that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> Uh, and one thing I really didn't like um, was the effects on the ghosts. And it's no spoiler that there's ghosts because the trailer tells you, I believed ghost. in ghosts from, you know. I think I it's billed as a ghost movie. Yeah, yeah, so. But one of the effects on the ghosts was this blood kind of floating in front of their face, um, you know, from their wounds. Which looks cool, but has no relevance to anything. And it's directly taken from a much better Guillermo del Toro movie. Sorry. Um, the Devil's Backbone. Okay. Wherein the ghost is actually a drowned person, so that effect of the blood kind of looking like it's in water makes sense. And okay. it looks really cool in both movies, I agree, but there's no relevance ghost, to this. Ghost movie. float, so, so should yeah. ghost blood. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I didn't I didn't appreciate that movie. Did you, either of you guys see it? No, I, I actually <laughs> still want to, because I don't want to believe you that it's not good. All right. <laughs> Well, and I wanted to see it, but then you saw it first and said it wasn't good, so I'm like, well, then maybe that'll wait till like that comes on video for that. Come on, video. I might be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you might have to watch it again, and you might get a, a second That's opinion true. if you watch it again. I know a lot of people watch movies they didn't like, and then they watch it again, like, oh, okay, now I appreciate yep. some things. So, you know. All right, so my number one disappointment is Chappie. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I avoided seeing this movie. This is uh, Neil Blomkamp, uh, the guy who did District 9. Um, and Elysium. And Elysium, which I never saw. And maybe if I'd seen Elysium, I just would have avoided Chappie totally. You I probably would have. I saw Chappie on an airplane coming back from Europe. So Nick and I, Nick being my son, decided, <laughs> let's watch this. Because we've heard it's pretty bad, but we got, you know, eight hours to kill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so we watched it, and yeah, it's bad. It's not District 9 at all. The CGI is great. The, you know... It's gritty. It looks kind of like District 9 and all this stuff, but the story where Chappie's this robot who um, is... I don't even know how to explain it. Um, becoming sentient, right? Becoming sentient, and he and a group of gangsters gets a hold of him, and so he becomes sentient and becomes this robot gangster thing. <laughs> and and I just I just want to forget the movie because it's, it's just <laughs> not great. Yeah. You don't you don't feel for any of the characters. I don't I didn't care when anybody got killed. Um, and even the even Chappie I didn't really care about, you know, so it just didn't do what it was supposed to do. So. Well and I you know, going back to Elysium, I saw that and was pretty disappointed in that. Yeah, it was incredibly mediocre. Right. Like, yeah. And and the big problem is 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 the the actor Sh- Charlito Copley, who was, you know, in District Nine was was amazing and he was amazing in yeah. District Nine and he's kinda like working with Neil Blomkamp and he's kind of like you know his they work in every single movie and and he was horrible in Elysium and now he's doing the voice of Chappie so it's like the magic that we saw in yeah. District 9 was maybe one of these you know one and done type things where they you know they it kind of reminds me of like the sixth sense and <laughs> you're right you're right the yeah. first movie's great and then things go downhill for that director but hey signs is great and so is unbreakable but then you have these really, really one of the worst movies ever is was the, the happening, the happening the where happening, the, the, yeah. the the plants are killing killing us all. Spoilers! <laughs> oh, it's the trees. It's not the trees. It's it's the wind. It's the wind. <laughs> right. Horror movie. Yeah. yeah. So I did hear his new one was really good though, and I want to check that out. I do want to check it the out. Visit? Too. Yeah. The visit. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that's pretty creepy. Yeah. Well, thank you. Those are your top. Those are uh, my top and bottoms. Top and <laughs> bottoms of 2015. <laughs> So uh, we're going to go in right now into my uh, 2015 favorites in music. And I say favorites, I didn't say the 2015 best because I'm not a, I'm not a, a, a music critic. I'm just a music consumer, and so I, I like what I like. And if I don't like something, I probably don't listen to it or, well, or buy it or, or anything. But although there is some, some um, music that I'll get to later on that it just didn't really connect with me, and, and so I might have got it and maybe listened mm-hmm. to it once or twice. But even some of the bands I really like just kind of um, didn't really do it for me. So I have a list of, of nine albums, and 
and they're not really in order. I'll talk about my favorite and my ultimate favorite. I'll leave that to the end. But um, I'm gonna go let's go through these uh, these nine, and then I'll I'll go back and talk about them a little bit more. So I, on my list of, of my favorite albums of 2015 is Adele's new album 25, uh, Coldplay's uh, A Head Full of Dreams, of Monsters and Men, a sophomore album Beneath the Skin. Leon Bridges, his debut album called Coming Home, Alabama Shakes, Sound and Color, uh, Mumford and Sons, Wilder Mind, The Lone Bellow, Then Came the Morning, Imagine Dragons, Smoke and Mirrors, and Sufjan Stevens, Carrie and Lowell. Right, right off the list, have you guys listened to any of these albums or heard any of these albums? About half of them. Okay. I have not. Okay. Well, I'm going to play, I'll play a few clips as I go through this list and, um, and, and, and we can talk about it and you can listen to it. And maybe, hopefully, yep. this list will inspire some people to right. go check out some of these albums that I really like and I think are really good. Um, and so, going through my list, I, just some observations. Four of these are, are <clears throat> sophomore albums, which means it's their second album from a band. And, and usually a lot of bands, they talk about the sophomore slump and, mm-hmm. and where their second album isn't as good as the first one. But I think, you know, as I, as I went through the year and listened to a lot of these um, bands' second albums, is some of them really actually were better than their first albums. It really connected me, especially with like the Alabama Shakes album. And I'm going to, um, so I'm going to play uh, the song by Alabama Shakes. It was, it was their first single, and, um, and it was probably the first one they heard it. But, I mean, this groove is just so amazing from this album. I don't, you know, I don't know anyone who, who wouldn't get excited about this groove. So let me play this song. I just had to get. That's so awesome. Brittany Howard is is the lead singer, and she is a powerhouse. If you've ever seen Alabama Shakes, I mean, if you go back and, and watch some of their performances on Saturday Night Live, I mean, she is just a powerhouse performer, mm-hmm. and is incredible, expressive in in, in, in her singing. And uh, I mean, she plays the guitar also. She plays the guitar like a full length evening gown. It's just pretty awesome. But so that's Alabama Shakes, um, and that that song is just I just love that song, and and so that kind of. It sets the, the, I think it's the second song in the album, but it just kind of like gets you into this album. It's really good. So Alabama Shakes, um, that's uh, Sound in Color. Um, Coldplay, this is this could possibly be uh, Coldplay's last album they've been talking mm-hmm. about. You know, they're making these albums and they've, they've gotten huge. And, and I, there's, you know, people either love or hate Coldplay. Right. Um, I think, I mean, I think that they're a really good band. And I have yet to see them in concert, but I heard they're incredible in concert. And, uh, and so, you know, they are kind of out there, you know, and, uh, but this album is just from the first thing, it's just so listenable and it's so, I think it's just so enjoyable and they have a lot of guest stars and, uh, and they have like, um, you know, some big guest stars, um, like, um, you know, um, Beyonce is on, is on the song. And, and so even they have some spoken stuff with, with, with President Obama on there, just a a short release song. Um, him singing a, an old gospel hymn, uh, and so it's just it's just a very eclectic album. Um, but and and it's, they kind of Coldplay is a band that's there are they are they do want to be a, the biggest band. They are kind of reaching and they do want to um, make good music and mm-hmm. they want people to enjoy it. And so um, and so in that they they do make I would say they do make music for the masses. And so for some some you know music snobs or critics they might like poo-poo that like what are these people like they should be you know artistically and, <laughs> and and striving for the best there but but i think they're striving for the best in in, in other ways mm-hmm. and, they're, and they're just trying to so this if you listen to this, this song i'll play a little clip i mean it, it is kind of um uh, has this weird african beat or whatever so it, it kind of takes you to me transports me to a like a different place so let me play a little bit this is their first single called adventure of a lifetime Every 
because you give that song, you know, it's it's a very has a very kind of you know otherworldly mm-hmm. kind of sound to it. Um, and so I I, <clears throat> I I I like Coldplay. And if it is, if it is their last album, I think for me they go I kind of go out on a high note. And I know they're going to tour again, and it might just be that they're going to take a break for a while and, and concentrate on other mm-hmm. things, and you might see whatever the band's doing um, solo stuff. And so so. And then also, I've, I've started getting into vinyl more, and this the vinyl of, of Coldplay's new album is, is just really well done. This from cool. the, from the, the, the it's colored vinyl, but it's, it's a two album, a two LP album, and, and, and both of them are different colored mm-hmm. vinyl, and just the artwork and the, the packaging, packaging is just, yeah. just really well done. So that's, that was another highlight. I'm going to play a couple more. Um, I'm not going to play any Adele songs because, you know, that's like one of the, Fastest every, everybody selling. Everybody hears everyone it. Everyone hears it. <laughs> and, with a new album. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of the fastest selling albums, and it was like the, the biggest selling album of 2015 for sure. And, mm-hmm. you know, her concerts are already being sold out, and the tickets are going mm-hmm. for thousands of dollars. And uh, and so I don't have to play Adele, but the one song I was going to play. She doesn't you know, need our help. Every, yeah, she doesn't. <laughs> Everyone's probably heard Hello, and some people love it, some people hate it, but I would think go down and, and deeper in some of the other tracks, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's really good. Um, and so that's that one. Um, let me play um, this of Monsters of Men. They're a band from Iceland. They're one of my favorite bands. From when I first heard their, their first single, I think iTunes gave it away free in like 2012 or something like that. A song called Little Talks, and I just fell in love with this band from from, from the moment mm-hmm. I first heard them, and uh, <clears throat> and 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 then we saw them in concert. Me and Andrew mm-hmm. saw them in concert, and they were amazing in concert, and um, and so they've they've gone a little, you know, they've they've still kind of stuck with what works for them. Um, they've kind of kind of expanded their sound a little bit, um, but but the song called "Wolves Without Teeth" um, is a really good song. But what really got um, made me like it even more was when I saw the video. Uh, and so they have on the video they have these uh, two uh, identical twins, these these two um, young young women. She, she's probably they're probably like sixteen or seventeen, but they're identical twins, and they're like they're right next to each other, and they start like dancing, and you almost think that it's just like superimposed it's mm-hmm. this one person and they kind of do it and because they're like almost like looking in the mirror and all yeah. that but then you once you go through the video you can see that they're they are identical twins but there there's enough in their facial features that tell mm. them the difference but this isn't a really amazing video Have to link so, to the video yeah we'll do a li- <laughs> link to the video but um this is the song wolves without teeth my chest and color my spine i'm giving you all i'm giving you all swallow Gives you a little taste of, of Monsters of Men. That's what really kind of captures me is you have the the male and the female mm-hmm. kind of dual vocals, and they, they sound great together. They do sound really good together, but then they do a lot of this this mm-hmm. uh, working off each other really well. And uh, and so, like I said, that video is really good. My two favorite albums though, of the year is um, is Leon Bridges. Um, his debut album is called Coming Home. Um, he's a 26 year old um, kid, coming you know a little bit from. He's from Fort Worth, Texas. And um, he started playing guitar. He just kind of picked it up so he could write songs. And uh, he just got a really good s- style, not in just his music. It's, it's like a throwback to, like, 60s R&B soul, like um, Sam Cooke or Otis Redding. Um, and so the music is, is really kind of retro and, and cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but his, his style, just from the way he looks and the mm-hmm. way he dresses, and, uh, and it's just his total throwback. Um, but and he's so young, but it's, I don't think... For me, when I've, I've seen him, I see he, he he did a great performance on Saturday Night Live. But what I've from what I've heard and what I've seen, it's not a gimmick. I mean, that's just him. That's just his mm-hmm. his style, and it's it's kind of like all his own. Even though it's you know it's a it's a throwback. Um, his new album is just uh, it's just so good. And if you like that that '60s like R&B soul rhythm and blues kind of stuff, um, and and I would really like to see him in concert. I think he'd be a really good performer. Um, and so he's got 10 songs on his album. It, it, it clocks in like 35 minutes, so you know it, it's not a long album. And uh, so you can listen to it several times in a day mm-hmm. if you wanted to. Um, but it's just, I don't know, it's just, when I put it on, I just, you know, it just makes me happy listening to this music. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to play the song called Smooth Sailing. It's one of the songs he performed on Saturday Night Live when he was there. Oh 
selling these concrete seeds. Now she headed east down the boulevard. Sure, said I like the way, said I like the way, you sell your ship now, and maybe he'll come on. I won't wear you down, no honey, I won't wear you down. So you kind of get a feel for his music, yeah. and, and, and so if it's, you know, it's a slower songs. he has a great song about his, his mom and like her conversion to Christianity, and he's got some, like some upbeat, um, like rhythm, more rhythm and blues, um, and he's got some slower songs, and just one his the song that I think closes out the album is just kind of like this really just simple song, him on the guitar, and it's called River, and he's got a really good voice, and, and so that's a really enjoyable album, and um I was looking through my list. I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I love percussion. I love drums. Uh, and, and a lot of the albums are like, I mean, Imagine Dragons is, is, is super percussive. If you've ever seen them at concert, I mean, they have drums all over the stage. And big drums. Big drums also. <laughs> um, Mumford & Sons, you know, their uh, drums play a big part in there. Monsters of Men is like that. Coldplay. Um, but my very favorite album has no drums whatsoever on the album. <laughs> it's uh, Carrie and Lowell by uh, Sufjan Stevens. And uh, Sufjan Stevens is, he's a pretty um, eclectic person. Uh, he started out with this, he kind of broke ground. He was trying to do these, these 50 um, uh, state albums. So he has like Michigan and Illinois. That's the only two he came out with, which are really good albums. Um, but he's kind of like this neo-folk, indie folk mm-hmm. kind of guy. He, usually on, in, in his concerts, he's got like just tons of people on stage. And... Um, and he, he, it's just very visual also. So, mm-hmm. like, he, he dresses, he has, like, butterfly wings all the time, and, and <laughs> all the people are, like, dressed in concert. And, you know, it, it is more visual, and it might be kind of out there for some people. Um, and uh, he started out, like, folk music, and then he got into more electronic music and, and some in- instrumental albums. Like, he, he, he was, he's from Michigan. <laughs> he now lives in, in Brooklyn, New, in New York. And, uh, and I, but his album, it's, it's called Carrie and Lowell. That's a reference to his... His mother and, and stepfather. Um, his mother was um, she was diagnosed with bipolar and schizophrenic, mm. and uh, and she suffered from drug addiction and substance abuse, and uh, and then she died in, in 2012. So this is kind of like a um, a tribute album to her, and and just the the, the difficulty you, you can imagine of, of, of him and his, and his siblings growing up in that household, and I think they were even taken away, and she was hospitalized, mm. and, and they had these long years where they had no contact with her at all and um but it's just so heartbreaking this album and and it kind of goes back to his 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 indie folk roots and um like i said has no no drums um but this this i mean you read these these lyrics and i mean you almost start crying because they're so personal and they're so beautiful and uh and he's really trying to like work out this 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 you know, death of his mother who he obviously loved and and probably in, a, in her own kind of damaged way loved him also and so he's kind of working through this grief mm-hmm. on this album so but it's, it's just beautiful and the song i'm going to play is called fourth of july and it's just heartbreaking it's like him talking to his, his his mom and his mom talking to him and trying to like almost like a you know trying to say it's all right and, and things like that so if, i don't know if we get the lyrics but this is a, called fourth of july by sufjan stevens Evil had spread like a fever ahead It was night when you died, my firefly What could I have said to raise you from the dead? Oh, could I be the sky on the 4th of July? Well, you do enough talk, my little hawk Why do you cry? Tell me what did you learn from the Tillamook burn or the 4th of July? We're all gonna die. So it's just, I mean, that song is like the most heartbreaking because mm-hmm. it's like his mom singing to him and him singing to his mom and, and, and uh, it's kind of depressing, but it's, but even th- if you go through the album, there's, there's hope in there also. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, if I could tell a quick Sufjan Stevens story, because I started listening to him um, from a recommendation from another musician. Um, there's this band called Roper. 
that rose from the ashes of another great band called Five Iron Frenzy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Reese Roper was a lead singer, and he, he came out with, with a band. He put his own band together after, um, uh, after Five Iron Frenzy kind of broke up in, I guess, early 2000s. 2003. 2003 or four. So, so this band, Roper, came out. Um, we invited them to play at, at our church, and uh, so they did this great concert. And, um, and from that, I got to, you know, because I was the person in charge, and so I got to, you know, greet the band and talk to them a lot. And um, didn't talk to Reese that much, but the two brothers who were like the guitarist and bass player, I started talking to them. And then, what, months later or something like that, we went up to Pennsylvania and saw them in concert again. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I was asking, you know, I was like to ask other musicians, like, what music what should I like listen to? to? What do you listen to? Because right. you seem like a cool guy. Is there mm-hmm. some music? He's like, well, you need to listen to this guy named Stupion Stevens. And his, his album, early, early, like Seven Swans, had just came out. He's like, you should listen to Stupion Stevens. I'm like, okay. So I went and bought Stupion Stevens' album, and I've just fallen in love with him ever since. And so he's just a, a really interesting guy and a really interesting mm-hmm. performer. And, uh, and, uh, and so... Um, yeah, his his, his uh, 2015 album, Carrie and Lowell, is just one of my favorite albums of the year. So those are my 2015 cool. favorites. I had a couple disappointments. Um, bands that really don't, didn't really capture me. That Some of my favorite bands, like Decemberist, put an album out in 2015 that I listened to a couple times, but it really didn't grab me as, 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 as past Decemberist albums, mm-hmm. and they were like one of my favorite bands. Um, and then also the Avid Brothers, who once again is another one of my another favorite bands. They put a live album out. Which I just, I don't know, it didn't really connect with me, even though I love Avett Brothers Live. It wasn't like a full just live concert. It was these inner spiercings of like like back, backstage audio that you're like, you don't really know what's going on. Yeah. It would be more better for like a, a video. You, know, you can actually see what's going on mm-hmm. with them. And, but it, it didn't really work as an audio format. And the even the song choices, I mean, they have a couple songs they've never released before, which are good to hear, but... Even some of the song choices, I'm like, well, you you put that on other live albums, mm-hmm. and it really wasn't your best, and they kind of like skipped over some of my favorite albums. They didn't have any <laughs> songs on there. Um, but I still love the Avett Brothers, and I'm still going to see them in concert in June. Because yeah. um, they are a great live band, and you're thinking like, oh, a live album. Um, so their live volume four is, is was not very good. I mean, live volume three was a great album <laughs> that came out in 2012. So that was like a disappointment. And like for me, some music, you know, I, I if I don't like it, I don't really... <laughs> Don't want to listen to it, yep. and uh, and so like I know a couple of things now with Apple Music you can like you know listen to music and if you like it you you maybe even start listening to it if you don't like it just don't listen to it ever again. So I know there's a couple Great. albums where I'm like oh I'm gonna listen to this album I'm like meh I don't I'm never I'm not, I know I'm never gonna listen to that album again right. so just you know I can just ignore that album for <laughs> for the rest and so so those are my my favorites and and a couple disappointments also for music. So now we're going to. Um, Hear from Andrew and his uh, 2015 favorites in television. Yeah, and for the record, the first last 500 Frenzy show was November 22nd, 2003. <laughs> I did not have to look that up. <laughs> we we were not that. I was in Colorado though, but we saw maybe we saw like, them in October of so, that year so, on that yeah, last tour. Right, so very close to the end. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so I don't know if you guys know this, but we are in a golden age of television. <laughs> we are. Um, there's just like a whole pile of TV shows I could have talked about. So I needed a way to sort of trim down the list to something mm-hmm. that would fit into a 45-minute podcast that also had things that weren't TV in it. Um, so I decided to just sort of talk about TV that I started watching this year, either shows that came out this year or shows that I just hadn't really gotten into mm-hmm. until this year. Um, just sort of give myself some kind of a cutoff, right. um, which means I won't talk about like some awesome shows like The End of Mad Men, um, The End of Justified, um, how amazing Fargo Season 2 was, <laughs> um, um, but no, we're going to talk about some uh, brand new shows or brand new to me. Um, and the first one I want to talk about, I think this is actually the first uh, one that came out uh, that year, uh, was Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, yes. Um, which I did not see coming. <laughs> like, I'd, like, heard about this show, like, I know, a couple weeks before it came out. Had almost no expectations. I knew it was from, you know, the creative team behind 30 Rock, um, which, you know, I loved. But, you know, it was a show that was supposed to be on NBC. NBC sort of dumped it, and Netflix was like, well, I guess we'll show it. And it blew me away. Like, this is one of the funniest shows I had seen in a long time. It, like, it made me remember why I loved 30 Rock so much also. Um, like, you could just tell it was, you know, sort of a 
maybe like a spiritual successor, just the mm-hmm. way they, you know, just the music cues, you know, reminded me of 30 Rock. Yeah. Um, the way that the jokes are structured. Yeah. Um, Some and, of the old cast from 30 Rock. Yeah, <laughs> a significant amount of the cast from 30 <laughs> Rock. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen the show, Ellie Kemper is amazing. Um, she plays Kimmy Schmidt, who was, you know, stuck in a bunker with this cult for, you know, most of her life and gets out and decides she's going to make it in New York <laughs> um, with the help of some, you know, crazy friends. And she goes on adventures for like 10 or 13 episodes or whatever. Um, and, I mean, it's hilarious. Like, if you like to laugh, you should go watch the show. Oh, and this this um, show had some of the best, like, running gags. Like, um, you think that they're going to, like, it's gonna it's gonna be not funny the more they go on to it, but it just got funnier and funnier as, as these gags kinda of went along. And yeah. so that's thinking of the was the, the the song um Daddy's Boy or whatever. Oh yes. It's just like so bizarre but so yeah. hilarious. And that was like the, also the tag for that episode too, yeah. um at the end. Um it has I think the best werewolf related gag I've ever seen. <laughs> Yep. Um, have you you seen this? I have not seen. Yeah, it. you oh, need to check. Now it out. I have to. You, you <laughs> absolutely have to check this it's, out. It's, um, talking about binge TV, and we're in the era of binge TV. This mm-hmm. is like binge worthy. Yeah, it came out while I was in California. I watched like the first episode before I left, and then I think I watched the rest of the series in like a day and a half <laughs> or something. I mean, they're thirty minute episodes, yeah. so it's not you know it's probably a four hour you know time investment, right? Or, right. You know, six hours or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's phenomenal. It's so funny. The you'll. Never stop hearing the theme song in your head. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's it's really great, really funny, um, and it's really smart too. And also, it has great guest stars pop up, yep. um, just completely unexpectedly, <laughs> uh, in roles that they wouldn't normally be in. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'll leave that. Uh, but really, really good stuff. Uh, that Kimmy Schmidt. Um, second show I want to talk about. Uh, also, there's a significant amount of Netflix shows <laughs> on this list. Netflix killed it this year, yep. you guys. Yep. Like there were t- like there are times when a Netflix show comes out, and it's like, all right, well, this is what I'm doing this weekend <laughs> now. Um, and this was one of those. Um, and I want to talk about Daredevil. Oh yeah. Uh, which I you know just took over you know a weekend of my life mm-hmm. um, because you know everyone was watching Daredevil that weekend, and everyone wanted to talk about Daredevil that that weekend. Um, so this was the first of Marvel's uh, Netflix TV shows to come out, um, and we've since had Jessica Jones, uh, and we're going to be getting you know a couple more. Iron mm-hmm. Fist is that uh, one? Yeah, mm-hmm. Iron Fist. Um, they just announced that they're going to be doing a Punisher spinoff, oh, probably, really? mm-hmm. um, because Punisher is going to be showing up in season two of Daredevil, yep. which comes out um, soon, right? Which comes out this year. I think um, I think that soon though this yeah. year. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, Daredevil season one uh, was phenomenal. I think Daredevil season one is one of the best superhero things that's ever existed, and I think hands down the best superhero TV show um, that's ever come out. I mean, and we're there are a lot of good superhero TV shows <laughs> out right now too. I mean, I love me some Flash and some Arrow, and Agents of Shield is pretty good. Um, Agent Carter was great. But, yeah, Daredevil is, for me, the best out of all of them. Um, it has, hand, like, I think, hands down the best television or fight scene I've ever seen. I think it's at the, episode, at the end of episode four. I think two. two? Nick, Nick, really? Nick has seen it and, yeah. and said that he agrees that that's the best fight scene he's ever seen, ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Remind me, what was... Is that the the really long take. Um, he's fighting people through a hallway. <laughs> okay. Um, it goes on for, like, eight minutes and it's brutal and yeah. like you can just see how tired he is mm-hmm. and i think that's one of my favorite yeah. you know parts of the show is like they just they don't make you know being a superhero super glamorous um like he's tired and beaten down mm-hmm. like beat up yeah <laughs> beat up pretty badly you know one of the main characters is a nurse that has to fix him up yeah. all the time <laughs> um yeah and all the acting is great um the i think for me that what I think hands down is the best like opening credit sequence. Yeah, with like the red dripping and it's just so well done. Well, and all of Netflix shows seem to have great theme songs too. Like not even like just the visual, just the songs they choose are great. Because it's the same with Jessica Jones. Oddly, it's the same with Making a Murderer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was not I was not expecting it from that show, but yeah, uh, really good Daredevil. I mean, I don't even want to talk 
too much about it other than to say if you haven't watched it, just go watch it. If you have watched it, you know why I love it. I do. <laughs> like I love it also because of um, you. Yeah. You're like, the one that said you need to watch Daredevil. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So and I, I was right. watching it. I was like, oh my gosh. It, it says and I like it because it it is it is brutal, but you know, kinda he's fighting this really brutal crime and they don't really kinda like pull the punches. It's not very stylized. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, really realistic yeah. and 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 what I liked about the most about it is, is the, is the main character. I don't think it's a spoiler alert, but he, he's he's raised Catholic, and he, he he's wrestling with that part of mm. his 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 um, existence. That he's you know he he's a very strong Catholic. Well, now I have to see it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, uh, and so that's part of like like is is he is he all right doing what he's doing? Right, is yeah, is, yeah. is it morally right what he's doing? And he has to wrestle with that. So I thought that was a really interesting. A dimension of his of, mm. of his character. Yeah, it's it's just really great, mm. and I I can't stop talking about it without you know mentioning how great Vincent D'Onofrio is yes. as Kingpin. Oh my gosh! Like the episode that just sort of focuses on him um, is like there's just so much depth to that character, mm-hmm. um, and they you know he's not just this he's not just this one dimensional villain. Right. Right. Like you understand so well why he is the way he uh-huh. is and you really you know you know sympathize with him a lot and he's really scary and he's really scary <laughs> i mean he's like you're like oh this guy is terrifying yeah he's great and i mean and he is brutal like he's not afraid to do his own dirty work right. um yeah there's a scene with a car door and a head and a head <laughs> That doesn't turn like, out well for the guy with the like, head. Okay, yeah, this show needs to be on Netflix because you can't show that on yep. network television or even in movies. Like it's it's so different than what you know is coming out of the Marvel movies mm-hmm. and the ABC Marvel shows. Um, that you know it's it's just it's so worth watching. Yeah. Um, and so his next show I want to talk about, which is Jessica Jones, um, because it's also in the same vein. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about Jessica Jones. Uh, what I love, one of the things I love about it is it's not even a superhero TV show. I think it's just, it's a psychological, it's a, it's a psychological thriller that happens to have a girl with super strength mm-hmm. as the main character. Like, you could take out her superpowers and the show would not suffer in any way for mm-hmm. it. Um, it's so well grounded. Um, and David Tennant plays, I think, the best villain in the entire Marvel Universe. Okay. Like, as great as... He's great and scary as Kingpin is in Daredevil. Mm-hmm. David Tennant is terrifying, as, <laughs> like in Jessica Jones. Okay, like it's. I don't think I forgot that he was in that. So now yeah. that really makes me want to watch that. <laughs> yeah, and he's phenomenal. Like, and it's like you know he he does have a you know a superpower also, and the show does sort of hinge around that um, a lot more than it hinges around you know Jessica Jones's mm-hmm. powers, uh, but. Yeah, like he is—he's so good, and again, like he's not one-dimensional. Like he has an episode that sort of focuses on him, and you're like, oh, now I understand, you know, how someone could be as evil and horrible mm-hmm. as this character is, um, and also like he's just super broken, and he can't actually—he'll never, you know, be able to have like a real, you know, friendship or relationship because of the nature of his powers, and he'll never really know. If someone, you know, actually cares in any way about him and just, you know, one slip of the tongue and he could, you know, easily ruin someone's life, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, yeah. Also great acting in that show. Um, another great theme song. Okay. <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, Jessica Jones, uh, incredible show. Um, and I'll check it out. Yeah. yeah. How many that- episodes? 13. 13, okay. Yeah. Netflix shows <laughs> seem to usually be about 13 episodes and about 10 episodes worth of plot in the 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. So, like, okay. the first eight episodes usually seem pretty great, and then, like, nine through 11 are like, eh, and then it gets really good at the end again. <laughs> um, I think even Daredevil's the same way. It drags for a little bit towards right. the end of the yeah. season, but then when it gets back into it, it gets back into it in yeah. a big way. Uh, another show I want to talk about um, that I didn't even, I hadn't even heard about until halfway through the first season... And then just, like, everyone was suddenly talking about it, it seemed like, uh, was Mr. Robot on oh, USA. Okay. Mm. And I had, like I said, I had known nothing about this show until it was about five or six episodes in. And then it seemed like that's all anyone was talking about was Mr. Robot and how great it was. So um, I checked it out one night when I think we were having people over 
and uh, Dominic and I were sitting there, and like, well, we need to do something for an hour. And we're like, we can watch Mr. Robot, <laughs> and we're just completely floored by this show. Um, and it stars... Uh, Christian Slater. Christian Slater, and I can't remember the Remy actor's Malik? name. Remy Malik. Yeah, so one show that uh, that I I know I've heard you talk about, and um, I really wanted to watch it, and but for some reason I don't know, it's one of those shows that just slipped through the whatever the cracks, and uh, I didn't really get into it. But but everyone you know out there in the internet sphere has been talking about it, and, uh, and so what's so. what's the premise of it? Yeah, so from IMDb, Elliot Anderson, uh, played by Remy Malik, is a young cybersecurity engineer living in New York who assumes the role of a vigilante hacker by night. Elliot meets a mysterious anarchist known as Mr. Robot, who recruits Elliot to join his team of hackers, F-Society. Elliot, who has a social, a social anxiety disorder and connects to people by hacking them, is intrigued but uncertain if he wants to be a part of the group. Um, so it sort of, like, it really centers on, you know, Elliot's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elliot, the whole time, is talking to the audience as if they're there, you know. There is no fourth wall in okay. this yeah. uh, in the show, but he's sort of talking to us like we're the voices in his head mm-hmm. a little bit, and you're not always sure like what's you know because clearly this guy has you know some issues, um, so there's a lot of we're not really sure what's real in the show right. and what's not. Um, it takes place in sort of a you know a slightly dystopian future. Like we're not talking like post-apocalyptic, but we're talking about the zombies. There's no zombies, <laughs> but like you know, ten, fifteen years in the future, yeah. if big corporations got even bigger mm-hmm. and sort of just took over everything, um, right. you know, with like they're really you know up against this corporation, Evil yeah. Corp, um, and that's sort of what F Society is trying to take down. Um, but yeah, the the relationship between Elliot and Mr. Robot is great, um, and you know some of the other people, the, the hack, the other hackers, and the people he works with. Um, and it has a, an actual, like, somewhat realistic uh, depiction of hacking in the show. No, that's what I've it's heard. It's not it. just oh. a lot of enhance, enhance, <laughs> and, like, weird UIs. Yep. <laughs> like, no one would ever use this to do anything, much less actually hack. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't, you know, you know, Q and James Bond, like, going <laughs> through this thing, or any 90s hacking yeah. uh, movie. Like hackers? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a lot of people writing computer code <laughs> when they're trying to hack stuff. Okay. Um, but it's really great. The acting's amazing, and there's some really fantastic twists and turns along the mm-hmm. way. Um, and I heard that that is one of the sh- shows that just keeps getting better as the episodes yeah. go. And it's not a long episode. I think about ten episodes. Ten episodes, right. Um, yeah, and it's unlike anything I'd ever seen on USA before. It, like, and that's... That was, I think, the first big shock was like, why is this show even on USA? Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to belong here. Right. Um, what's, what's, the, what's the tagline for USA? Characters matter? Or something like characters that? welcome. Oh, characters welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I can't see, you know, Mr. Monk, <laughs> like, in this world. Right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's, it's really great. Um, uh, moving on. You know, I, if, well, if they could go back to that, if they just put a, an O at the end of that, if they'd have a great theme song, if it was called Mr. Roboto instead. Mr. Roboto. I mean, there's a, there's a great theme song just right there sitting there waiting for you. Just add another O to the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe that's only my opinion. <laughs> uh, next show I want to talk about is probably my new favorite comedy of all of the comedies on TV. Um, like, it, it started in 2014, but I didn't, Start watching it until season two was about to premiere in 2015, um, and it is You're the Worst on FX, and, like, I can't say enough good things about this show. Like, when I saw the previews, like, it didn't look all that great. It looked like a bunch, you know, this sort of, like, you know, dark rom-com sort of show Mm -hmm. about, you know, pretty, you know, not great people in this relationship, Um, and that is sort of what the show is, but it's really, really good. Um, and it's really, really funny, um, and season two, just, like, way up the ante on the show, um, just, you know, storytelling-wise. Um, because the show is really funny, and I'll, I'll read the IMDb description. Is that an FX show? Uh, yeah, so this is on FX, um, and it's about, uh, these two characters, uh, Jimmy and Gretchen, who sort of are pretty terrible people. Like, (laughs) all the IMDb (laughs) says is, centers on two... Toxic, self-destructive people who fall in love and attempt a relationship. <laughs> and that's a pretty good, you know, mm-hmm. tag for the show. Um, it's absolutely accurate. Um, but 
it's uh it's really funny these two people like they are toxic and horrible but they also do really care about each other mm. they just don't care about much else so they leave a bit of a you know a swath of destruction in their path um but not in a like larry david sort of way uh-huh. just like uh like they're not they don't care about anything else other than you know themselves and mm-hmm. a little bit about each other and the caring about someone else is even new for them <laughs> um it's really funny um and the second season is also like really emotional and like tough <laughs> like the, it, it has a whole storyline about depression which is not what i was expecting from mm-hmm. this show at all um and i think there's an episode um a little more than halfway through the second season called uh, lcd sound system and like which is a great band, by the way. You've never heard LCD sounds so yeah. like I highly recommend checking them out, even though they no longer exist. Yeah, which just like emotionally wrecked me, <laughs> like completely. Like the the episode ends, and like I don't you know want to say too much about it, but it's a, you know you're watching this you know the this person who's struggling with depression, her life just like her realize that she has no hope basically mm. at the end of this episode, and. And not what I was expecting from a comedy, right. you know, from the people that brought you. It's always sunny in Philadelphia and the league. <laughs> Completely loved it. Uh, everyone should watch you. The worst, fantastic show. Unless you don't like horrible people <laughs> doing horrible things to other people. Well, maybe, maybe not for you. Seinfeld uh, kind of like you know that was that was the the, the part about Seinfeld it was kind of at the end they were trying to say these are really horrible people right. and you really should like them so much. Although that was a very huge hugely popular show that was. And it was their horribleness was was mainly used for for uh, comedic effect, but I think this probably was a little more more grounded in, in reality than yeah. than Seinfeld was. Yeah, and the last show I'll talk a little bit about um, is another amazing show that caught me completely off guard uh, at the beginning of last year, and that is Gallivant. Mm. Um, because <laughs> your only network favorite so far. <laughs> Everything yeah. else is cable and yep. uh, and uh, online. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, I mean, I watch a lot of good, there's a lot of good network TV out there. This, True. But not much of it came out. I think aside from like Flash and Agent Carter, not, mm-hmm. none of it really came out this year. Right. So, um, but yeah, Gallivant, uh, amazing show. It's really funny. It's, you know, this musical uh, sort of fantasy medieval comedy uh, where, uh, you know, it everything gets spelled out in the first episode and <laughs> uh, the first song where... Gallivant is, you know, this great knight um, and has this... Kind of like the knight in shining armor. Yeah, he's the knight in shining, shining armor. He has this, you know, uh, beautiful girlfriend that gets sort of kidnapped by uh, the evil King Richard and forced to marry him. And Gallivant goes to save her um, at the beginning of the first episode. And, you know, it, it twists that a little bit. Um, and there's really fun songs. Um, and... Uh, the story doesn't quite go where you think it's going to go at the yep. beginning. It's not right. as cookie-cutter as it seems. Uh, the King Richard is one of the best characters ever <laughs> in that show. T- played by uh, Timothy Robinson, right? Uh, yep. who I loved in Psych. Right. And everyone loved, Lassie. Everyone loved Lassie. Lassie. <laughs> yeah, it was really great. Um, I just actually rewatched the whole show because season two just started. And there was, there was only eight episodes mm-hmm. in season one. I think there was only even six, wasn't there? Or is there eight? There's eight. Okay. And there's ten this season. Okay. Uh, and the season two just started. The season two is also fantastic, and they're keeping up with their whole... Uh, they have, you know, amazing guest stars uh, throughout the show that just sort of pop up, and we'll be in a scene or two. Um, I love... Uh, John Stamos shows up as uh, Sir John Hamm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you know, just stuff like that. Uh, the show's really funny. The music... I, I listened to the soundtrack for like three days... You know, a couple of weeks ago, as you know, season two was about to start. Yeah. The soundtrack is phenomenal. It's on Apple Music. Oh, is it and, okay? Uh, probably Spotify. And most of the songs are on YouTube, and they're even better when you can actually see the scenes from the show. Also, and uh, the uh, the opening for season two also came out uh, before the show started, and uh, like <laughs> talks about the show's on Sunday nights, and talks about how uh, the you know the show uh, you should watch that instead of. Um, basically it says you should watch that instead of football right. and yeah. Golden Globes and, uh, Bachelors. It's very self-aware. Yeah, the show is very self-aware. Yeah. Um, 
Have you guys watched any of season two? I have. Yes, I'm. I'm. I saw the first episode of season two. I, I haven't seen. I see, I've seen what because they're doing two at a two and two a night, right? Yeah. Or, or I saw the first night. I guess. Yeah. yeah. So. And so I think I saw. So that's a fifth of first and two. second nights. Yeah. So it just yeah. came out. Yeah, so we're recording on a Monday, so it just came out. I have not seen last night's episode. Yeah, neither have I, because it's only been a couple hours, but I'll, I'll be watching that today. It's one of those shows that I have to watch right after it comes uh-huh. out, because I just get so excited about it. Well, yeah, and so I remember, so you, I think I recorded the first episode last year, and I watched it, and I was like, yeah, because it was, you know, it had, I watched it amazingly because it had um, Timothy Odmanson from uh, Psych um, is, is King Richard, so I, I watched that for that, and for some reason it didn't, grabbed me and so i stopped watching it um but then you raved at that the whole episode the whole season i'm like oh yeah i should probably watch it and then i was watching nbc and they kept talking about season two and season two i'm like oh i guess we should you know I, my wife debbie really wanted to watch it so i'm like well let's watch the first season because it is very short they're like what eight half hour episodes mm-hmm. so we you know got hulu they're on hulu and so we watched them and we just absolutely fell in love <laughs> With this show, and it's one of the shows you, you, we watch it together, and it's just so funny. The the songs are just they're hilarious. I mean, it's very smartly written. Um, yeah, and and it's, it's it's a lot of fun. Also, it is yeah, a lot of fun. It's a very fun show. I went I went into it kicking and screaming because my family wanted to watch it, <laughs> but yeah, it won me over right away. So. <laughs> like, all right, this is good. Yeah, it had me in that first like the opening, and I'll I'll probably yeah. put a link to the first. Uh, you know, three minutes of the show is yeah. like their first song, and yeah. And I like how second season they referenced the song from the first yeah. season and, <laughs> and changed it up. <laughs> no, we're not gonna do that again, yeah. <laughs> right? Like I said, it's very self-aware of, of a show, yeah. and uh, it, it, I mean, it's it's, it's a, definitely a musical. I'm not a big musical guy, but I think that the, the songs are so well written and, and funny, and and um, and and like I said, the, the guest stars it has a couple, you know. People from Downton Abbey mm-hmm. are in it, and uh, who are really good, and uh, yeah. So it, it is like I said, it's a lot of fun, and so we we started watching it again on your recommendation, and, <laughs> yeah. and then are like really super jazzed for season two. Yeah, to give you an idea of how self aware the show is, the season two premiere is called a new season, aka Suck It Cancellation Banner. <laughs> Because so, the show yeah. never should have come back for a second season. The ratings weren't great, um, but it was, you know, well-received by yep. critics. Everyone loved it, and everyone in the show seems to be having a blast just mm-hmm. watching it. Yeah. Um, so that is uh, the end of... Those are my five favorite uh, new shows for, cool. from 2015. And did you have any shows that you kind of were going to watch and maybe went through a couple episodes and didn't really like? Or Yeah, um, I mean... It's you know I, different with TV I think than with movies. Like if you start watching a bad movie, you're probably still gonna finish the bad movie. Right, right. Um, Especially if you go pay for it in a theater. Exactly. And yeah. yeah, but I, I you know I was pretty disappointed with the season of Sleepy Hollow. Um, and if it wasn't probably gonna be the last season, I'd probably not watch it. I loved season one of that show. I did too, and I um, I couldn't get into season two at all. I yeah, didn't. season two started to really bring it down for me, and season three is just it's pretty bad. There's a crossover over episode with Bones for some reason, <laughs> right. and I will say having to watch the episode of Bones, like because you know one of, one of the episodes was on Bones, and then the other part of the crossover was on Sleepy Hollow. Bones is really bad, <laughs> like that like show is really really bad, and they were like, well at least Sleepy Hollow is better than this. <laughs> but uh, so that was pretty disappointing. Um, American Horror Story is another show that I think has just really declined pretty badly. Um, I watched most of the pilot and then. The episode messed up about three quarters of the way through, and I just couldn't bring myself to even want to finish that. Um, and season four, Freak Show, was really, really bad also. Mm. And just the premiere of uh, Hotel was sort of everything I didn't like about Freak Show amplified even higher. Mm. So I was like, I, it's just not great anymore. There's no more characters that like seem like anything resembling an actual human being. Did you uh, did you finish? Did you hate watch season two of True Detective, or did you give up on that one? Yeah, that was pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> I forget about that that show actually happened because um, True Detective season one was so great, and yeah, I watched all of season two, just waiting for it to get better, and I'm still waiting for it to get better, <laughs> but it's over, and they're not making more episodes. Um, so maybe you know, I you know, I there was actually an interview with the, one of the, like the president of HBO or whatever who sort of took responsibility for how bad okay. season two mm. was and you know how they're hopefully going to give the creator a lot more time for season three and not try to rush out 
a second season based on a timeline and let, let him just do his thing, mm-hmm. which HBO has in the past actually been pretty great about. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully that'll fix things for mm-hmm. season three. But yeah, True Detective season two is not good. Yeah. Uh, watch Fargo season two instead. It's everything you wanted True Detective season two to be <laughs> and more. Okay. Well, those that wraps up our, our 2015 look back in, in movies and music and television. Um, we hope you enjoyed this, and uh, we'll be hopefully producing more of these episodes in the future, in the very near future. Um, what you can do on your part for to help us is if you like the show, if you can go to iTunes and in the, in the podcast section and, and rate us and, and leave a review. That also helps. And if you subscribe, and, uh, and then you can get these podcasts automatically delivered to you in any podcast system you use, whether it be iTunes or Google, or you can even listen to it online. We have a website. If you go to um, pumpingironypodcast.com, you can listen right on there. You can also leave comments on the episode. So you can leave a comment what your maybe your um, favorites were for the last year in movies and music and television and interact with us that way. And, and maybe we'll read some of your comments in, in future episodes. Um, I, I highly suggest maybe checking some of those out. And if you haven't, especially in music, uh, hopefully I've turned you on to some <laughs> to some some good music out there, and maybe some some good television, and 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 going back and watching movies. Yeah, Probably the easiest the way you can just <laughs> watch it on Blu-ray or, or Netflix or Redbox or any of those kind of things. You can watch these these really good movies. And um, to the, hopefully 2016 will be another great year. And movies and music and television and we can do another recap in a, in a year from now so thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed it and so i'm signing up once again my name is tim i'm russ and i'm andrew have a great day Cold as it is, I will leave my baby doll.